0: We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 10, and if, you got, if you're a mom, you're a parent, you're a grandma, you got the little ones here, we know, we get it, relax, it's okay, it can't be anything worse than what I'm going to say, we're just glad that everyone's here, we're glad that everybody's online, we know that there's quite a few people that are clocking in from Oregon, from Florida, maybe Malaysia, uh, Malaysia's on, praise the Lord, and then um, possibly Venezuela as well. So the Lord is just working in mysterious ways. And we know in the Old Testament that He used a donkey to speak for Him, and He can use me. That's always been my encouragement. I got an amen from Mr. Russo, of course. In October 31st of this year, President-elect Biden said that we were going to have a dark winter. And for some people, that is true. For some people, they are going through a very difficult, difficult time. But in the context of history, if you look at things in human civilization, or if you even look at the last 2,000 years, we know that this is the most prosperous time in the history of humanity. And to say that it's dark times, in some aspects, is almost insulting to generations past. Let's take the New Testament, which we're going to be speaking of, Jesus coming into the world as the Messiah, the world that He was born into, with leprosy and demon possession, with... Rome, through might and power, enslaving a third of the entire population of the Mediterranean region, conquering their enemies and destroying them. It was very, very dark times. Now, for some of us, as I said, you're going through a dark time. Maybe this Christmas isn't the Christmas it's been in years past. Maybe it's a little bit tougher. Maybe it's just a little bit more confusing with everything that's going on. I'm just like everybody else. I don't know when to wear my mask, when not to wear my mask. You forget the mask, and you got to go back and get it. And Are we shaking hands? Are we not shaking hands? Some people want the elbow, some the fist pump, some don't touch me, some shake my hand, or you're some kind of coward. It's just confusing all the way around. But in the midst of that, God brings truth, and He brings light. And for many of us, if you grew up like me, I was taught that the church constantly takes. They want your money. They want your time. They want your suffering every Sunday morning. They want you to give, give, give to God because He deserves it. But as we go into Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to see what the Christmas gift truly is. Let's go before the Lord. Father, we we thank You so much for Your Word. We pray that You would speak to us this evening and that You would be magnified and glorified through it in Jesus' name. Amen. In chapter 10, we'll read verses 5 through 7. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice and, offering you, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God. Is Maverick reading over there too? No, good. We're speaking Psalm 40, verses 6 through 8. It's a messianic psalm. And what does it say here? But a body you have prepared for me. When we speak of Jesus coming into the world, we're speaking of God incarnate in the flesh, the second person of the Trinity, descending from the throne room, from everlasting to everlasting, the Alpha, the Omega, going into the body of an infant, a child, a baby, whose very head has to be supported, who has to be fed and clothed and has to be clothed just right. Otherwise, he would be uh, able to, in that dark, damp animal stall, have hypothermia and die. So precious. Has to be monitored every hour on the hour. And the all-powerful, omniscient God became weakness. He became weak. And he walked with us, and he knows our infirmities. It says here that the volume of the book is written of him. But that brings us back to my earlier statement. You know, I, I thought that a God that mighty, that powerful, that important, that we should be bringing him sacrifices and offerings. You know, what's under the Christmas tree at home, kids? Yeah. Presents. That's right. Got presents there. Now, wouldn't that be something? If God is as powerful as he is, shouldn't we be bringing him all our presents to him? Shouldn't we be taking that Christmas dinner and burning it up and giving it to God because he deserves it all? But that's not the case. Tomorrow morning, Lord willing, you're going to open gifts for you. How is it that on his birthday, everybody else gets the gifts? Now, when I have a birthday, I don't extend for all of you to come to my house and have me hand you out gifts. The other way around is Okay but I'm not looking. I'm looking for me. And you would think of anyone, anyone that deserves all of the praise and all of the sacrifices, all of the money, all of our life, it would be God. And yet he says, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. He doesn't want your stuff. He doesn't want you just sitting in a chair On a Sunday morning, He doesn't want you bowing and kneeling and chanting. He doesn't want anything from you. Nothing. Nothing plus Jesus equals salvation. Nothing plus Jesus equals salvation. Because it is by grace alone that you are saved, not of works lest any man should boast. And yet, for some reason, we look to our works and we think that that buys an admission to him. Well, what does the Bible tell us here in verses 8 through 10? Previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he, might, he may establish the second. By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. He doesn't have any pleasure in burnt sacrifices. He had that there in the Old Testament to show us that it cannot bring us closer to God. It cannot deal with the law. It cannot bring us to heaven. Anything that we do cannot bring us closer to God. If anything, all the stuff that we're trying to do on our own is what? separating us more from him. But he took away that covenant by taking it upon himself. What did he do? He prepared himself as the sacrifice. He is the greatest gift. And he wants nothing from you. You don't have to pay anything, add anything, bring anything. You don't get your card stamped every Sunday morning, I'm here again, I want more points. No, no, you can freely give your heart. You can freely give your life. You can dedicate your life in service to God. You can be called into a relationship with Him and a service with Him, but it is not mandatory. We freely come here and fellowship together and celebrate Him. He was the offering, the body of Jesus Christ. And what does it say there? The last three words of verse 10 once for all. It's finished. We're celebrating this morning. This morning. I'm celebrating from the morning to the evening all night. I'm just celebrating. We're celebrating this evening together that it is done. He came into the world. He embodied himself in the, the man, Christ Jesus, 100% God, 100% human being. He gave himself a ransom for many that to confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. No works, no stuff no things, no money. Who's ever gone to church? I mean, I grew up in a non-Christian household, so I've been forced to go to church once or twice. And it's interesting when you go with someone who's also not a Christian, and then you see that offering plate, and you're like, what's he going to do now? Hmm. And sure enough, they're just like reluctantly counting through their bills, like, oh, you know, five, 10, Ooh, 100. I better hide that one. Puts the 10 in there. You know, not quite five, not quite a hundred. You know, he's done his good deed, passing along. And you're looking at the guy like, really, dude? You're just outside. You were just bashing the whole place. Now you're putting money in there. You, you hate giving money. Now you're putting money. What, what are you doing? Well, sometimes I think the Lord is doing the same thing with you. Like, well, What are we doing here? You, you want to be here? Do you want it? Because you don't have to just put it away. Put it away. It's not necessary. He's not poor. He wants for nothing. He is all things. I said earlier that it was quoted, this would be a dark winter, but the light came into the world and the darkness comprehended it not. And it is finished. It's done. There's nothing but celebrating to do. And if you want to be a part of this and you want to be giving to others, awesome. But no one here is going to take a single thing from you, ever. No sacrifices required, nothing. Once and for all, he did the work. Verses 11 through 14. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. And from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool, for by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. And we're being sanctified. There's one birth, one life in Christ Jesus, one sacrifices, one time. It is finished. It is done. He came into the world and fulfilled his purpose. He now sits at the right hand of the Father, waiting until his glorious return, when his enemies will be put under his footstool. Yes, there are enemies of Christ out there. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, there's dark times for some. Yes, yes, it's not easy. But who cares? Because He is sitting at the right hand of the Father. When you wake up tomorrow for Christmas, I don't care if you have to go to work. I don't care if your whole family's there. I don't care if you're by yourself. You can rejoice in our Lord because He is the Christmas gift. No piece of cloth over my mouth is going to affect my joy because my joy is in Christ. No handshake, no election, no amount of money is going to affect my joy because I have the greatest Christmas gift. Can't speak English, but I have the greatest (laughs) Christmas gift in Christ Jesus. But they asked Jesus, like, what are we supposed to do? What's the greatest commandment then? And Jesus told them, They said, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Any taking there? Any sacrifices? Anything required of you? No, love, love. You have been loved. It is the goodness of God that leads man to repentance as it's Christmas tomorrow, we can reflect on Christ and His life and love the Lord deeply. And if you love the Lord deeply, you will love others deeply. And if, you love, if, if there's love, you'll be motivated, motivated to help others. If it's a requirement, then you're under a burden, then you have to do it. And you don't have to do nothing, as we say in the South. First Corinthians 13:13, 13, 13, the end of the love chapter it says now abide and now abide faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So as you receive your greatest Christmas gift, our Lord Jesus once again, you can feel that love. You can understand that love that God has for you, that he gave himself freely because he so loved you that you could have everlasting life. It's free, but it wasn't cheap. And it should motivate you to love Him in a deeper sense. And if you love Him more, you will love others. Everything else is secondary to that. Let's pray. Father, we thank You so much for the greatest Christmas gift. We thank You that You have led us and teach us and guide us, and that we get to serve you. We get to come here in fellowship. We get to receive your word. We get to worship you. No monthly payments, no plans, no hooks, no sales techniques, love. And we pray, Lord, that we would show more of that love to others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.